0: Views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, this show is just a bit of crack, guys, so please, no giving out.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Domestic Game Podcast, where we discuss everything American football here in Ireland. We're your hosts, Kelly Lawyer, and I'm Robbie Caldwell. Let's get done. Well, Kelly, we're back in the studio after another week off. You know, despite what many of the listeners might have heard, the show still goes on.
0: Yeah, this is it. Uh, a lot of rumours about disputes here in the Domestic Game Podcast. Uh, Rob's still holding out for that payday.
1: The only rumours I listen to is Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. That's it.
0: Oh, that was really good, actually.
1: <laughs> I actually got to see them live once um, in Donnybrook. I think they played Donnybrook. I remember we rocked up to it. They were meant to be playing at like 8, but it's a concert. So you're not expecting the band to be starting at 8 so we're there queuing up for a few drinks and then we're like god why are they playing Fleetwood Mac before Fleetwood Mac play it's like this this is an odd one like and it was not making sense and then we were like we just looked at each other and was like no wait that actually is Fleetwood Mac why are we still here queuing and literally had to run onto the pitch to like where we were all meant to be standing but like At that stage, I think most people had the same idea as ourselves because, like, the stadium was, like, only half full. Yeah. And it wasn't until, like, half eight that I think everyone else kind of cupped on. It's like, oh, no, wait, Fleetwood Mac actually started at eight. But in fairness to them, they're all at least over 60. They, I mean, they are, but, like, they're still, like... They're still rocking out, like, yeah, but... Like, even rock stars have a time at some stage. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, they, and they did Party Hard back in their day. Like, they party hard. They're still right. in their day, though. I mean, like, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Mac, because, you know, they're one of my favourite bands. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Stevie Nicks as well. Yeah, I do class.
1: She, yeah, she was there that day.
0: Was she, yeah, because she kind of does her own thing every now and then. Yeah,
1: because yeah, there was a bit of bit of beef. But, like, that's what happens when, you know... They're artists. Bandmates get a little bit too close.
0: yeah it is yeah great songs them.
1: though oh great songs yeah like literally they are sort of transgenerational
0: yeah but I mean even like specifically the songs about like the breakups and the whatever are the best songs that they have
1: oh yeah yeah but like all, all the best songs are it's like no one wants to listen to a song about a happy relationship
0: no <laughs> <laughs> so
1: where's, the, where's the crack in that where's the
0: breakups I know that's why Taylor Swift is doing so well for herself yeah,
1: like that's why she is a multi award winning platinum selling artist
0: yeah the most successful recording artist of all time really yeah
1: more than Beyonce yes more to- more than Cher
0: I think it depends on how you measure success as in like I think she is the most affluent
1: yeah but like she also has came from like a line of like rich Texans with like a lot of oil money behind them. Has she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you like look her up, like like she, she's pretty much like bankrolled by the family.
0: Oh. Like
1: all that Texas oil money just like raining in.
0: This is like you with your Eric's family business, third gen, you know, you like this is how I view you, you know that, like the wealthy, wealthy, like wealthy. Like Dynasty. After, yeah, Dynasty.
1: Or the new TV show, what's it, Succession?
0: I've never seen it.
1: I think it's another one based about family and businesses and all the, uh, the fun going on of it.
0: <laughs> That's you. You are the Taylor Swift of Monan.
1: Yeah, I'll take that. I'll definitely take that. Like
0: You're blonde, so I mean.
1: Blonde, beautiful. I can sing. <laughs>
0: Give us a tune there.
1: No, you gotta pay to hear me sing. Don't. Do, don't do what you're good at for free.
0: Oh, back here we are back around to the the pay disputes. It comes full circle, guys.
1: <laughs> Definitely not beefing over money. It's okay. It's well, it's, 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 it's fine. fine. It's fine. We're getting on really well. Everything's yeah. all great. Contracts are signed. We have to be, you know, amicable towards each other
0: yeah pretend we like each other
1: yeah no well it's not pretend like it says in the contracts that we like have <laughs> to actually like each other
0: yeah and i mean like we are nothing if not professionals
1: no exactly We're professionals once we get paid but yeah anyway sorry we should probably get back to football and uh,
0: even just start on the football just
1: start on the football like after over what 10 days away you know there is a lot a lot to get through like you know looking back over what we had where 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 do we start
0: yeah i mean like when it rains it pours because that was it there wasn't really enough for a podcast episode last week and now there's so much to discuss so i mean last week we did see one pounds training which um was obviously a big deal that was the the third flag training and then the kidded training uh at the same time and um we had rte broadcast there we can't say too much about that because we're not ready to promote that as an association yet what rte yeah the show that they were there to record for i mean everyone that was there will know the details of it but uh nothing public just yet and uh
1: are we getting our own show on rte
0: yes <laughs> i believe that we are that i wanted to keep it a secret from you but
1: surprise <laughs> Ooh, i'll take that that's like that's pretty good
0: But um, yeah, so they had like the Wolf training. I mean, like that was, it was class. It was like such, such a buzz. And uh, you can really see the difference between the Kitted and the flag. Like the flag is, I mean, flag is fun. Flag is a fun game. And then you go over to the Kitted and it's just that bit more serious. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like they're, they're there for a job. They're doing their job. You can see that everybody is fighting for their positions on the team. And that, that kind of brings out like the athleticism you know for the kidded team as well and you know I was just on the sideline for a little while after the flag training and uh listening to what the coaches had to say listening to what the players had to say I mean uh got chatting to uh Dara Farrell and he'll be delighted that I didn't put an O into his name there and I got chatting to uh Stephen Archibald then as well who's the assistant head coach for the Wolfhounds and I mean the two of them like they do not mince their words. I mean, if you are... Dara Farrell obviously is doing like a lot of work with the the cornerbacks, the DBs. And uh, I mean, like he... If you are not in the right place, if you are not doing the right thing, you know about it. Actually, everybody knows about it. That's just called out straight away. Same with Steve Archibald then, like, I mean, he doesn't mince his words either. Like he was saying that uh, like there's just a lot of work to do to get back to where it was before the COVID break. I mean, like every... That's the story of every team, so of course that would affect the the world as well. And I think it's, it is an important thing that, especially at that level, the coaching staff knows what they need to do. Like the athletes know what they need to do. That is out in the open. Like nobody is sparing anyone's feelings because at that level, you know, there's a professionalism there.
1: Yeah, like I like like as we um, had Coach Sullivan on the show a few weeks ago. And, you know, you and him got talked about what we wanted from a national program where, you know, the goal is to be one of the highest ranked teams, if not the highest ranked team in Europe, at least. Yeah. You know, you can't get to that position if you're just turning up on game day, you know, and we're nearly two years behind where that program was meant to be. So you really have to just like go hell for leather and everyone involved has to be there, like, you know, giving it. They're all, like, there's many a player who, like, when when they were playing on the Wolfhounds first, like, two, three years ago, they're in their their mid to late 20s. Now a lot of them are, like, bearing down on 30. And it's kind of the stage where a lot of these guys are like, right, we need to have our act together, you know, for any upcoming international games. yeah If they weren't putting in the, the work in the, in the off-season or sort of this prolonged COVID off-season, you know, it was really going to show up. No one wants to be that team that just goes out on an international scene against some other country and get it absolutely handed to you. No. So like,
0: and that and that's it. Like, and I feel like they're they're doing that. That's the way they are, and they're. You know, I'm coming back to the phrase, they're not mincing words. Like, they're not making everything sound pretty or sound nice. Like, they are honest with themselves, honest with what they're doing, and they're doing it. And here's the thing: it's like with. American football, if you see someone doing the wrong thing and you hold back as a coach from telling them that that's the wrong thing to do because you're afraid to hurt their feelings, that you're player, not hmm?
1: You're not helping anyone.
0: Well, you're not helping them, but that player not doing his job right could be the reason why your star player gets physically hurt. Do you know? So sometimes it does come down to like feelings hurt or physically hurt, and that's American football. That's how it is. So if you, if you can't take a berating, then you're. How are you? Why are you in the sport? Take a physical hit, like. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not saying that any of the players there aren't. Like I think all the players that are there are well able to take it. Like do you know, hundred percent. And they were looking good out there, as far as I could see, uh, from the sideline. Do you know? But it's just, it's just actually quite, quite interesting and really good to see that. They're not standing around telling each other all that they're great and all this. They're like, no, we've work to do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They're very real about that, like very open and very honest. And what
1: kind of like, what kind of team is it looking like? You're they're running. Is it like very run heavy, like a lot of the Irish league? Are they like properly airing the ball out, or is it kind of more balanced from what you saw?
0: I don't think I saw enough to say. Okay. At this at this stage, like I don't want to give a.
1: Don't want to let the Dutch know,
0: answer, yeah. Because I would have only have seen it just as I was coming away from from the flag pitch, and just would have seen like a bit of the scrimmage. Do you know? I thought the defense was looking pretty good, actually. You know, but uh, I I didn't see enough to say what way that that playbook is looking. Yeah. But I mean, like that's a good point because we should probably get like Andy Dennehy, who's the offensive coordinator, on the show at some stage
1: be great to hear from him. Like, you know, the man's got, like, many an idea. He's played at quarterback position from sort of nearly the infancy of the sport in this country up until where it is now. He's seen.
0: Is he the... He's one of the, I mean, the winningest players that we have in Ireland. I mean, the Rebels have nine Sharmapos to their club history. So I don't know how many of those games that he was in, but, I mean...
1: It's a lot. <laughs> it is quite, a, it's quite a, yeah. quite a record. Um, who knows? I think it's yes, something we need to sort of maybe find out. Yeah. We can ask him when he's on the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and then I wanted to chat about the, I mean, the flag, Wolfhounds, because I mean, flag is just fun. You know, obviously there isn't the same like risk to injury. So, you know, you can, there's a lot more. I feel it's, a, it's an expressive sport, you know what I mean? And then we also had like the first time ever, we had like the female or the women's division of the the wolfhounds which was brilliant like credit to um who is putting an awful lot of work into that area and emma as well yeah all the coaching staff like
1: like it's it's great that we actually now have enough uh women playing the sport to have a women's team getting going because like when you get to the international scene unlike with the league with the league we have it's a mixed gender league you know so we've got men and women lying out beside each other which is great at the international level it does split off so you only have your your single gender leagues so you've got your women's and then you've got your men's Yeah. so it's great now that while we have so many women who have been like playing alongside men which is like it's great that like we have them all competing together it's now great that they also have a chance to progress to an international team and that club level isn't sort of the the ceiling for their for their playing career
0: i mean like absolutely especially if you think of the likes of like helen smith for example who is on the board of american football ireland and is like a fantastic flag football player who is playing with the lions at the minute and trains and plays with the men and is has earned her spot on the first team
1: helen is an absolute nightmare to play against like i remember we played against her last year uh, up in craig alvin the mavericks and she just, her reading of the game was just so frustrating. Yeah, was like, very
0: good at reading the game.
1: Whatever way you were rolling with your quarterback, she, it's as if she nearly had a sixth sense and she was reading the play before it happened and she was just getting in there and it was sort of thing that like, it sort of, it was so disruptive towards the Mavericks game plan on the day, yeah. they really couldn't get anything going and that's back when she was representing the T.
0: Yeah
1: uh it just it really did help help them win now we see her playing with the lions uh club she sort of helped establish and sort of the success that they're having you know we'll go into that later on in the show but from a personal level like her her rise has just been so it's just incredible and just like just the grind that she's put in for, like... It's, it's been a few years now since she started playing. Yeah. And it's really sort of, like... She's absolutely, like, example to any woman coming into the
0: sport. 100%. And she's a player you have to plan for Yeah, if you're playing against her. Like, and that is, uh, you know, like, that's an, that's an achievement in itself. And it's, like, an acknowledgement to how good she is. So there's that. Like, she's well proven on the pitch. And then she's also, like very strong in terms of the administration in terms of like pushing flag forward like uh, she's on the flag committee with yourself she's on the afi board and she helped found the lions and yet at the minute if we you know were to submit a flag football team to an international uh you know event it's not mixed and so immediately she can't play do you know what I mean? And that's, that's where it's like, it. that's the importance then of like the work that like GP are doing, Emma's doing, like um, Mike and Ian and uh, all those, Barney and all them uh, with the Wolfhounds that are bringing on this women's team. So that likes of Helen and Meg and Grace and all the ones that were there, uh, Jenny, and uh, that they have that opportunity that all oh, of the flag team is going abroad that they can play
1: like it is at this stage it's absolutely mental when like 50 percent of the population are women and you can't get like some teams can't even get one woman to play for them like it's it's kind of a, a question is it you know a matter of not being able to get women or the not actually attempting to get women to play
0: well Rob I'm really glad that you asked me about this actually (laughs) because here's the thing men and women are recruited into sports differently so men are quite confident when it comes to sports and playing sports so a man might watch this is typically speaking of course but a man might might watch an American football game and then go that looks really interesting I wonder do we have that in Ireland and they might google it or they might see something on Facebook from a local team and they'll just say yeah I'll give that a go and they'll come down to training do you know and try it and that's it and they don't need to know anyone they just need to know what's on where when whereas a woman in sport like needs to be invited in if and it's not just sport it's actually anything so how you get women to play a sport is it's the people the athletes and the members that are already involved that need to encourage their sisters their friends their cousins to play do you know what I mean that's how you get women involved in sport and that's the most impactful it's grassroots so yes we need more visibility in terms of American Football Ireland and you know more uh, like it to be known that some of the sports that are in American Football Ireland are for women and girls to you know but actually it's the players and the coaches and the members that are local that need to pull their like, the women that are in their lives into their clubs.
1: Mm. No, like, like pulling them into the clubs is great. And the clubs themselves, I think, do need to to make more of an effort. I know, like, we we're, we're talking, say, like, how, was it from the age of 13, 70% of women drop out of sport? Yeah. And I, I'm going back now to my family business. We actually sponsored the jerseys for... Uh, a local girls football team for their their under 13s, 14s, and 16s. And when we're talking to the the coaches, they were saying how they have great difficulty getting companies to even sponsor the female teams. Whereas if it was the lads under 16s, it's like, oh, yeah, companies will just throw money at it. And it's like, you've got them then. The girls are having to play in sort of the retired lads jerseys and stuff. Yeah. You know, which is kind of, sort of, which is shocking, it's terrible. It's
0: actually also a barrier to women playing sport just because it's, you know, the participation, even like that, you know, if, if you are a woman or a girl, you know, playing in a retired male jersey, like you don't feel that your participation has been taken seriously and you certainly don't feel like it's sported. Do you know, in seriousness of the sport, and support of your participation is so important, particularly for females.
1: No, like absolutely. I think like with, with the lads teams, we're we're used to the coverage, we're used to getting the nice jerseys, and like we complain ourselves when we've had the same sort of same set of kit for three or four years and it's starting to look shuck and shabby. But yeah, we had the nice kit at the start. Whereas if you're only getting the shuck shabby kit at the start, it's like well, you're not really feeling as if you're cared for. Yeah. So Oh look at we could we could really dive into this as you know a whole sort of (laughs) societal issues over (laughs) over sport. This was supposed to be fun.
0: (laughs) Anyway, how do we get ourselves out of this hole? Yeah.
1: Back to the positives, like it is great like that we have now like enough women to have our own national flag football team. Yeah. And and it's fun it is fun
0: and even on that point about like jerseys and whatever like an equipment that's fit for women I mean they had the size 4 balls there that are the balls that the women play with yeah that was so exciting like guys you don't even know Do you know? You don't even know how exciting that is to have like the proper women's regulation balls there to play with yeah yes I did say that
1: no but it, it like honestly like, like it's just one of those extra things where it is sort of you have the right equipment you know it's what you'd be playing with at an international standard so why not be able to use it there when you're training
0: yep so that's that that is the wolfhounds training so what is next on the agenda
1: next on the agenda is we're going to take a quick break while i go to the bathroom because i have drank a liter of coffee and it is a quarter to midnight okie and we are back so flag maybe rob
0: no let's not go into the i fl- saw so you get excited there so i did I, I dangled it in front of you and then i took it away but um the other thing that we need to prove Trust. <laughs> but uh the thing that we need to do from last week is pick the winning apology from do you remember that time that you were meant to edit that episode and then you didn't and you let all the listeners down everybody
1: nope nope <laughs>
0: But yeah, so I am going to select the winner to be the fourth in inches podcast. I just thought it was brilliant to say that you have to start an OnlyFans account and you can't stop until you earn $25. Loved it. Brilliant stuff. And then, so they will get a, a prize. We won't decide what the prize is, but they'll get it. But they also need to get a slot on our show because those guys went and tried out for the Bulldogs there last weekend.
1: Hold on, hold on. We've got to bring it back. Me having an OnlyFans account? Yeah. So starting OnlyFans.
0: Yeah, like feed pics or
1: whatever. Think, you think that I haven't already got one? <laughs> it's like, Kelly, Kelly, I, I bought a house. It's like, Mama got to make money somewhere. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. If I do go through with this, I will donate the the earnings from it. To a charity of the listener's choice. Oh. So there's there's some good you can get. I am not doing requests either, just so you know. You can get a picture of me smiling. <laughs> well, it
0: could I get sure pretty bad did. pretty fast.
1: We know we know what our listeners are like.
0: Lunatics. <laughs> Lunatics. <laughs> but um yeah, so those guys went to the bulldogs tryouts
1: fourth and inches
0: yeah and uh when they had let myself and rob onto their podcast we had we had promised them that if they go on the tryout for an afi team and they start playing that we will get them on the podcast to talk about how that was how that experience was so we need to make good on that promise
1: yeah like i know they um they kind of alluded to that's who they were going to go with um, I'd love to find out How it went For like You know I saw a few of the photos And stuff Yeah uh, Did they shatter like glass After the first hit <laughs> Did they actually Make a catch You know I don't This is There were so many avenues You know We saw the photos of them In the uniform But Did it actually get past The uniform
0: Who knows But I think CB Was what they were going for
1: Yeah Playing corner Like you know You're just a receiver Who can't catch the ball Really
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just offended So many DBs Right now
1: don't worry, we're a run heavy league. You don't need to be able to catch even as a wide receiver.
0: pretty out there.
1: <laughs> you just got to block. You make them crack blocks, you're you're winning. Yeah. <laughs> so back to flag. Back to my baby.
0: I will let you do it this time.
1: All about the flag. So this week, as many, many of you will already be aware, we got the flag league back going again. So last year's league was cut short because of our old friend, Miss COVID. Then we had the Summer Shield, which was a great success for all the teams involved. You know, many, many people playing in it. You know, sometimes people playing for multiple teams throughout it.
0: <laughs> we'll say no more about that because we don't need any more enemies.
1: No. So we'll just say like at the minute, at least so far after one weekend, everyone is still with their team uh, and no no hopping ship at, this, at these early stages. But excellent stuff. Great to be back. We had the... Premier Division North and Division 1 North up at the Harlequins pitch in Belfast just off the Orme Road? Malone Road? I'm going to say Malone Road. It's, you know, one of the most expensive and affluent areas of Belfast. Trojans play in there for many, many a year. Great facility. Absolutely mad how many pitches they have. Like, great pitches, some less great pitches. They even have a hockey pitch. And food, and they have. And food, and a food, and a bar, a bar that overlooks loads of the pitch. Yeah, it's a great venue. It's it is really really good. Like we we turned up and there was, I had like rugby for all different ages, American football about to get played, the flag. It was what's really excellent is that they have such space that you could have both divisions from the same conference. So we had the entire north up there at the one location. Brilliant to have, like, cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, so, like having all the teams. What was it? There was ten teams involved. Mm. We had two league appointed whitecaps there doing the Premier Division games. One of them even then at the end done one of the Division One games. We had you know Premier Division teams refereeing some of the Division One games. It was it was just fantastic to have it. Fantastic to see the numbers. You know, there's a good couple of hundred there. Um, everything was just, it went really well. Mad, some like mad action. Uh, we can go for the likes of the the Cowboys getting two wins.
0: Yeah. Like, not that I was like surprised, but I mean, I was surprised. Like they're looking good. I mean, I would have had the Hurricanes over them going into that game and especially how that game started. Do you know, with like the opening play being a big long bomb from... Joe to Alan Campbell, like so.
1: Yeah, like like uh, the, Hur- or the the Hurricanes had a fourteen point lead. Yeah, at the halftime. Yeah, and then for the for the Cowboys to come back, just seasoned veterans when it comes to flag. One of the guys actually, I believe, plays for Team GB in flag with the Cowboys. With the Cowboys, yeah. Oh, who there? His name eludes me right now. I do remember though that he had like a you know, those tight fitting like under armour style t-shirts underneath him with Great written across the back. Oh. Uh, I do also think that someone like may have dropped in that he played flag for Team G B. Yeah. How we can, you know, get him to play for, for the Wolfhounds, I don't know. If if we can get international transfers. But they were so efficient and so dominant. Like as we've seen in the game where they had against the Mavericks, they were playing with two two boys with the hands up, you know, indicating that they were blitzing. Sometimes two of them were going, you know. Every time two of them made the first step, at least to make it look like they were blitzing. Sometimes one was then dropping back. Very good defense, you know. When you when you're looking at it, where you're saying, okay, they've got two people blitzing, so that's straight away leaving you with a free man. There was no free man. There was no space. Those blitzers were getting in the backfield so quick. Like, seven yards did not look like seven yards at the speed they were going.
0: I feel like with the Cowboys, like that they're seasoned, they're veteran, but they just know their assignment. You know, they're very disciplined and... Like, they just, there's a lot of kind of small, little short slants, short passes, hitches, stuff like that with their offense. Like, they're not doing anything
1: hugely amazing, but it's just well-repped. Peter Loughran, like, yeah. we, we've we said on this show before, like, he just has that experience. The man can, he can thread a ball through the eye of the needle.
0: Yeah, and speaking of, we were talking about, like, third gen like, I was chatting you with, like, your third generation, like, company stuff. Did you know that Peter Locker is second gen in AFI? Like, his father played and was on the AFI board. Really? Yeah, I did not know that until I was talking to it. Like, he made me feel like I'm a blow-in in this sport, like. Oh, wow. Chatting to him. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. Like, that's, like, that's how he got into the sport was, like, because of that. Like, he, he's an American football family.
1: One of the like the official like royal families of AFI, yeah. Back through it all, like that's yeah that's pretty good cool. But suppose like the Cowboys himself, like are one of the the oldest teams, if I'm not mistaken, still in existence. So if you're going back where sort of American football's kind of been played like in the '80s and '90s over here, the Cowboys are a team that you looking through the records always feature. So coming from that area, you you're not overly surprised but actually knowing that is is pretty cool. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we have any other second gen athletes in AFI and if we do, then let us know. Absolutely. Anyway, back to the back to, back the, to the flag. To the flag. <laughs> We're digressing <laughs> a lot.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so we had the Cowboys, the Cowboys winning that game um, and then the Mavericks, the Mavericks actually are 0-2 which is quite a shock we you know going into this year mm. from say the the what what they gave in the, the Summer Shield campaign and what they gave sort of in previous years. It was a smaller looking squad from them. They they arrived with it was nine players. We know yourself, Kelly, you dislocated your shoulder again like a week before again. In in a train training incident. Yeah. But uh just just the numbers really weren't there. You know the Mavericks have sort of started back their their program as well. Kind of players are sort of indecisive whether to play flag or play kidder. Not usually a problem that they would have because their their flag season is you know always run now. Their kiddo program has usually wrapped up at this stage. But with this international game coming up, a lot of players have sort of opted to go and play in it, maybe and hopefully for them that once this uh, international friendly is finito that those players will return back to the flag scene. It's only three more weeks of flag to the playoffs after going 0-2 in game week one. It is an uphill battle, not only to make it to the playoffs, but to avoid relegation. Yeah. Something that you would not have thought this time last year, or even two months ago during the summer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, would not, would not have thought it. And you know what? The thing is, is that it's not that the... The O two is disappointing because the Mavericks moved the ball well, especially against the Cowboys, but it's like they would get right, right to the five yard line, and then couldn't punch it in. You know what I mean? It was it was just goal line plays that kind of was a bit stuck for them on the day but I want to give that international game a little bit of love so the Mavericks are hosting an Italian team I think it's called the Italian Charity League is the name of the team so it's athletes from across Italy playing together in in this kidded team that's coming over and uh, they give a certain amount I think it's a thousand euro to the Simon community in Dundalk and then whatever all else is fundraised on the day and so the Mavericks are hosting them in DKIT the 25th of September so that's this Saturday at 5pm So, spectators, welcome But please also just let us know If you intend to Be there because of COVID regulations And all the rest But, uh, yeah, so great to see it Great to see uh, an international event Happening in uh, American Football Ireland again
1: Yeah, like, you know, the Mavericks Are really going all out Because they're actually hosting the flag In the morning And then going from hosting the flag To hosting this international kiddie game It's 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 a credit to them To, like, be able to to offer that up as sort of a choice or a venues for, for this to all go ahead and you know without the teams offering venues nothing really can get played so credit to them or credit's due but here once again we are digressing back to the issues at hand it's flag <laughs> time flag season and we are discussing week one of the flag action
0: right next next team
1: the team i really want to talk about is it's the big t it is the trojans yes like as, as something, you know, one of the, the storylines throughout the past year has been the the breakaway Belfast City Lions from the Big T. You know, the, we, we were wondering, how is this going to affect their flag team? Yeah. It didn't. Big T keeps on rolling. Yeah. The Trojans, 2-0 after week one. Tight victory against the Knights, 27-26. And then, and then beating the Mavericks, beating the Mavericks 24-18. Scoreline really not reflective. Trojans in that second game were were the dominant force. Um, Muhammad Ramadan here. We all love Mo. Great fair play to him organizing the day up there in in the Trojans. Then out on the pitch doing the coaching, he really put in a stellar. Company. Those Trojans are credit to their club. Like for what they, for a lot of players who.
0: Aren't like, traditionally flag players?
1: Not traditionally flag players at all and sort of only coming into the flag. Also, they had, they managed to fulfill both teams. So that development squad, which was really more of their, uh, more senior players, just looking for a run out. They were there, played both their games, you know, a bit depleted come the second game in numbers, but they, they still lined out. So like the Trojans, the Trojans, they're, they're one of those organizations where it's going to be something massive. That would have to live if you wanted to derail them. We thought that this, the the breakaway by the Lions would be that massive thing. But no, the big T, big T keeps on moving.
0: What I like about it as well is that they're not giving that breakaway from the Lions too much energy or attention because, you know, I was kind of looking forward to the breakup song. Like, how was that fixture between the Trojans and the Lions going to play out?
1: I think it it really, for the Trojans and Lions, it won't sort of be... uh, Apparent how it goes until sort of the Trojans A team plays against the Lions A team. Yeah. Whenever that kind of game gets going, that's when you'll really see, you know, the full effects of of what went on. But that will be hopefully even next season. An absolute cracker of a game. And then like when when you're looking through like if we're we're already talking about the Lions, we gotta you know we gotta keep going with them. Belfast Sea Lions. We knew what we were getting. Come Didn't in. disappoint. Didn't disappoint, like, proficient as ever. Beating the Vipers in the first game, then beating the Elks in the second game. It, it's hard to bet against them for making a push for the finals and for for even getting promoted winning this entire Division 1. Uh, it's going to take some doing to to undo the work or to actually beat them as a team. They're just, they're efficient, they're proficient, they're ever-efficient. And like, we can't miss out, if I was to say who was, not the biggest shock, but the most improved mm. team that I've seen in, in flag football in, in quite a while, it would have to be the Elks. Yeah? Yeah, like, here, the Elks in their first game, Elks against Trojan seconds, Elks put up 45 points.
0: Yeah, high score line. and the Elks had only had, I think, one training session before
1: that, yeah. which is insane. What I what I really notice is they actually rolled into town with a lot more numbers than than you're used to seeing. Um, Kenna White, like, absolute great stuff she's doing as a chairperson there at the club. Uh, she wasn't out playing. You know, unfortunate that she she wasn't playing. I know that from my own experience. It's very difficult to to coach, to play, to to do all those sort of things at once. You nearly need to either be on the sideline directing directing everything or else just be in in the huddle uh so possibly that's why she wasn't lining out but she seems to really have got them going and it's it's great like and sort of the work that, that they have done now that the college year is back i'm hoping that they get more bodies down to their training sessions get a few more freshers in get a few older people in but just keep it going keep this thing keep this rolling and Loving the Alex, loving what I'm seeing from them, and just how they run. Absolute joy to work with as an organization up there in Coleraine They have they have the great facilities up there. They're actually hosting now this weekend as well, the Division One North. Um. So like, great club, great organization, great people in the positions that make these. Uh. That make a team successful, and that hopefully, kind of will be that that factor that will help grow them as one of the sort of one of the college teams. And actually, a friend was a friend of yours was asking for you when we were there. Who did Matthew?
0: Matthew yes I see him I don't know his second name we need to find out his second name but yeah he plays with the Wolfhounds uh unreal unreal player like so so good like very rangy like he's tall and he's athletic you know but yeah he's um playing with Wolfhounds which is great considering that um the Elks hadn't played all year that he has kept fit and has kept very relevant on that team
1: yeah like uh, like we've said before you know sometimes it only takes one player at a certain position to help a team get to the next level, I don't know. I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see a full Elks game, but he could be that one position. He's already on the Wolfhounds yep. uh, training with them for the flag. Yeah, and very very competitive at that level as well. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's that's the thing. It's like flag. It's five on five. Sometimes you just need that one star piece to help help you uh, on the pitch. Yep. Another team like we're, we're staying up north because. It is Division One North. It's <laughs> the, the name's kind of in the title. Uh, I know if you're looking sort of at the Premier Division, it's 60% North. Yeah. 60% North. Quick stats. Quick maths there. So, yeah, like then going, going to like staying up in, in the true North. We're, we're heading up to Antrim, back up to the Jets. After the Dunhee Cup campaign, uh, great to see great to see the Jets out in action out flag.
0: And I was interested to see how the Jets and the Vipers would do like what that matchup would be like given that those were the two that were in the final of the Donahue Group Cup but uh it wasn't wasn't quite as close on the flag football field.
1: No no um yeah it was Vipers you know Jets fell into the Viper pit and simple Oz.
0: The Vipers are quite an organised organisation I wish I had picked a different way of describing that but you know I see what they're at there do you know them and I think maybe Crusaders and Panthers are like some of the only teams that have a kiddish team a flag team and a youth team you know so that's a lot like that's a club it's not they're just not just a team they're a club that's housing a few different teams so it's a you know it's just you're gonna get successes when you're doing things like that somewhere whether it's like your flag football sports, your kid a team or your youth supports your kid a team but like somewhere you're getting wins if you're doing work like that in the club
1: yeah like all three of them like are, should be able to live in perfect harmony and each of them feeds each other yeah. it's like you've got the the likes of the flag which can help your your kid receivers It can also help your youth players and it can be sort of that merging point between youth and senior where you have everyone from the age 16 upwards being able to play a flag and that can be sort of the, the kind of melting pot to to build relationships between your players and help bridge the transition from youth to senior kidded, and then like you have the youth well you're teaching guys how to play tackle football at a young age so there you have that natural progression to the the senior cycle and then you've got the senior cycle who many of them are actually involved in coaching the youth and you have that vast wealth of knowledge of guys who've been playing 5, 10, 15 years actually been able to pass that on to the next generation so you can see how in a well-run and well-organized club you can have these three different entities all of which have mutual benefit towards each other. Yeah. And it's simple as, it just it's just keeps the club growing.
0: It does, yeah. There's,
1: there's no uh, sort of, if you wanna sort of only have sort of the one element to a club, it can be very hard to have that longevity. And as we see how in in the flag, if we're going to the likes of the, the Panthers, or not the Panthers, sorry, the, the Dublin Bay Raptors, how the Raptors have now brought in the Thomastown Tigers into their organization because they were running out of those youthful players.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have that kind of synergy effect where the guys like Todd's boy and, and all of them that uh, have that coaching experience and Todd's boy as well, like one of the coaches with the Wolfhounds as well, who I didn't mention earlier. Um, you know, taking in young athletic men, you know, and coaching them up to their level is going to benefit...
1: Them. Yeah, benefit them, benefit the league, and like you're mentioning, Todd, I think it's it's only fair to move to the dirty south. It's Premier Division South, and there was action in that there as well. You know, the first game weekend held down in Cork, uh, Tremor Valley Park with the the Outlaws. Unfortunately, you know, UCC have had to pull out of this year's flag. So, Division One's our Premier Division South. Now is only a four-team league it's very unfortunate that it happened that happened so late prior to the actual kickoffs you know taking place but you live you learn you just got to roll with it and see how it's going it was a lot of it was true to form you know how we how we could have sort of predicted the day we're going Eden Derry Eagles still flying high like that team two wins win against Trinity win against Outlaws Drop in 28 points in the first game 46 in the second I,
0: It's just like can they be stopped I don't know that they can to be honest and you know what's interesting is I was chatting to some of the guys off the Derry Eagles and they'd, they'd said something that we'd said on our, our show previously where we'd said oh now because we recorded the final you know there's the first bit of video footage on what they're doing so maybe teams will be able to Plan for them, and when I was chatting to them, they were kind of laughing at that because they were saying, you know, we don't we don't have a plan. Like there's nothing that that we necessarily do. We go out and we play the game that's in front of us, and we play against our opponent, and we adjust to our opponent. So if someone's looking at their like offensive playbook, what they're really just looking at is the offensive response to the defense. So look at your own defense if you want to understand what the Eden their eagles are doing essentially. Look for the weaknesses that that are there.
1: Like that that's like some, some next level stuff. Like it's
0: isn't it? It's in flag, like
1: flag. Like you're like mostly in flag, your defence is reacting to what your offence is giving them. Yeah, it should be the other way around. Whereas now you've got a flag team put a flag offence putting out one thing, a defence reacting to that, and then your flag team reacting to the reaction of the defence.
0: Yeah, I feel like it shouldn't work, but like,
1: evidently it does. I don't even know the what these mind melters are like.
0: <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> it's like a dream within a dream. Like, it's an offense within a defense within an
1: offense. You got to be a rain man to like work this stuff out. <laughs> I know,
0: yeah. Basically, I think the take home point was that like no matter how much video footage you're going to watch
1: on them, it, you know, you're not going to stop them. Yeah, I might not assist. I think that's the point that they were trying to make. Like, they won't be stopped. Like uh, they're like they're in, in the summer shield final. They didn't they weren't scored against. Trinity put up six against them this weekend. Outlaws put up twelve. It's like they're not conceding. It's like I don't think this is something that like I've watched a lot of teams. A lot of teams on offense don't make adjustments pre-snap. You're not hearing any audibles being called, and that's possibly where they are, you know, making that bit of a leap. Whereas you know the the quarterback is seeing something in front of him, he's seeing a pocket of space that can be exploited, and he's you know change, change your hitch route to a go, and you're gonna burn, you're gonna burn your corner, and it, that's the sort of stuff where I think teams are gonna to have to really sit down, focus, and get really tactical in order to beat them. and the thing, it's, it's going to take something special. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of adjustments. And it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. The day it happens, you know, it'll be possibly a welcome relief to every other team that it's happened. Yeah. They will be absolutely distraught. Oh, they
0: will, yeah.
1: And it's, the thing is, the longer this streak goes on, the longer the psychological effect Lasts on other teams. It's now you'll go in and you'll see teams playing against the Eagles, and you'll be like you'll hear players saying, "Oh yeah, Eagles haven't been beaten in two and a half three years." It's like that's already win in people's minds prior to the game. You know, if you're winning the psychological battle just by having sort of that that behind you,
0: it's such a good it's such a good point because before you can win, you have to believe you can win. Yeah, you know you you've never just arrived at a win. No You know a w- like believing you can win is always the first step to winning
1: Yeah you, like, you gotta like you shouldn't be going into these games thinking oh god they, they're undefeated like oh yeah we're gonna be the one You gotta think that you can be the one to to take them off to knock them off their perch
0: It's a bit like what we saw in Summer Shield where like the Rebels were doing so so well And Trinity then just just decided like had lost to the Mavericks and then we're just like pissed off about it and just went and like smacked their elbows in the mouth
1: yeah like it was sort of the clear sort of clear showing from them where you just gotta believe yeah you know so like we said there back back when that happened from the the captaincy from from Rory uh, Rory Dwyer and just like what that sort of brought that emotion you know you, someday it's just belief you just you just gotta believe in yourself yeah and I then we move on to the other two games. We got the, the Raptors against the Outlaws. A really high scoring game. Outlaws dropping 38. Raptors dropping 52. Uh, it was meant to be another sort of great showing of the, the mix now with the Raptors of the experience and the youth. Yeah. And a man, I got to say, he got dance moves. Have has If you haven't seen it, you got to go onto his Instagram. Look up Joe Gray. Joe Gray dancing in the pocket, making men miss flags those hips are moving, like, he's been taking salsa classes in the off-season. Yeah.
0: Big fan of QB Joe Gray. Big, big fan. I think he's great.
1: No, like, he's been playing quarterback for, for many a year. He's just a likeable character as well. He is, he is. He's, he's one of the good guys in the league. I think, you know, if you've ever met him, you'll know that. Uh, good to watch him play. Great stuff. Like, like the Raptors, it's really nice to see, see them. Uh, back out back in action
0: and kind of with like a freshness about them now that they've merged with the Thomastown and meme game hopefully will become stronger with them as well I mean we haven't seen a good meme from them in a long time
1: Like, I know we joked that the raptors like like the dinosaur itself are becoming extinct yeah, I, know, yeah. <laughs> I
0: think you broke hearts with that one
1: but now they got those tigers like those raptors are roaring again they are so this is it's it's I'm ducking forward to seeing more and more from them, a bit of a heartbreak from them in the next game when they played against Trinity. The students sort of got back to their their winning ways. It's tight game. Like realistically, there was only a score in it. Trinity beating them by eight. So that's like that's something like that they the credit to them where you you're you're starting to merge your youth and your experience. These things take time, but to like, to put up that score great stuff by them not really like sort of sort of brought to a conclusion the flag flag for can we
0: move on to the kid
1: it now Before we we still got this weekend's action coming up ah we still got this weekend's action this weekend's action so like well I'll keep I keep it brief because this is a long show this is a long show get to the kid it. take one week off and Rob comes back with a three hour episode purely on flag. It's like if you if you want to just skip back to the kid, you might want to skip to like what minute ninety seven. Yeah, we'll put it. We'll put it in the description. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the bio. No,
0: we won't. these <laughs> people won't
1: listen. <laughs> no. Yeah. So this weekend's action, it's it's gonna be it's all four. So it's the both conferences in Division One and both conferences in the Premier Division. Division One South, it's where you've got. Some big names. You've got the Minotaurs, Crusaders, Quetzals, You've got Wexford Eagles. Yes, that will be interesting. Wexford Eagles on the comeback. Yeah. You've got UCD and you've got Dublin Rebels. So that's going to be an exciting division, a exciting conference. Really looking forward to seeing how that goes. It's only held over three weekends, so it's it's you got to win, you got to win every game nearly to push for these playoffs
0: absolutely and then what about
1: the Premier Division so like we were saying earlier Premier Division Premier Division North it's been held in DKIT all all that's going on there you know you've got Cowboys and the Trojans one of them is going to lose their unbeaten start of the season they come head to head against each other and then you've got the likes of the Mavericks looking to actually get their first win of the campaign they're coming up against the Hurricanes and the Knights they're going to be some great games last year when we, uh, we got a bit of football action in Dundalk as well. The Mavericks beat the... Beat the they actually beat the Hurricanes there in Dundalk. Tough team to beat in, in Dundalk. They they defend Dundalk to the death. Whenever you go there, it's going to be a hard-fought game. Then Premier Division South, uh, those games Trinity are the hosts this weekend. Realistically, come the end of this weekend, you should have pretty much a clear idea. Of what way the the playoffs are gonna gonna go with with that sort of uh, side of the conference, or side of the league, and then optical Coleraine where the Alks are hosting the Division One North games, so just plenty of football. Go- yeah,
0: this weekend is stacked.
1: It is absolutely packed, packed with action and if you're in any of the locations near any of the games get on down there are some great games i was actually talking to uh the panthers panthers are actually streaming their flag games over instagram this weekend so absolutely fantastic stuff to like get more promotion get more coverage Uh, as we saw some of the summer shield games were recorded and they're actually on youtube if anyone wants to have a look you know, do maybe a bit of scouting of teams you might be even playing against. And it's like it to, to have a team actually coming to you to be like, oh yeah, can we stream our games? Fantastic stuff. You know, it's it's more just sort of building on that Panthers organization, that Panthers brand. Uh can't like cannot recommend doing that enough. The more sort of material you get out, just increase your club here and like like the podcast where everyone likes to hear their name shouted out yep. people love to see their highlight reels i can see kelly looking at me across the studio here like she is just dying to get back <laughs> to get it. so we'll we wrap we'll wrap up the flag then for <laughs> for this week so
0: happy about all the flag that's How going on looking forward to next weekend already
1: all right <laughs> oh, like i just can't i can't wait just i'm just buzzing to see all the action see what goes on and just like for all the different storylines that are going to work themselves out over this weekend
0: so like starting with the kid then i mean uh we, we're seeing the the trojans and the cowboys meet with the, the flag this weekend but i mean the trojans cowboys is a game that i want to loop back around to because we have an injustice that we need to correct where we had made the assumption that the, the last game that the cowboys put up i think like 40 points on the trojans that 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 the Trojans hadn't played an awful lot of their starters but in fact I think they had been chatting to a few of the Trojans players actually at the Wolfhounds and a few of the Cowboys players then last weekend at the flag and yeah I think the likes of Connor Whitlaw wasn't there for the Trojans and Phil Gunning wasn't there but overall quite a few Trojan starters there and quite a convincing win. Uh, by the Cowboys. So just wanted to correct that error. And just give the Cowboys the, the credit. That they deserve on that win.
1: Yeah from like from my DMs. Like the Cowboy players. They were going in firing. Like I had players linking me videos of the game. I had them. <laughs> I had them sending me photos of the game. I had them sending me team sheets of the game. Basically it was the Cowboys. Against what is you know quite considered. The majority of the, the Wolfhounds O-line playing up there for the big T and yeah fair fair play to the Cowboys for, for getting that
0: W I mean it's the accumulation of their hard work over the, the non-competitive season and it is interesting because we, we did say that on, on the episode that we did cover it where it's like we we feel like they won a season when they won that game
1: yeah like and as we said a credit to, to young Buchanan yeah. you know Scotty B getting his first win as club president
0: yeah nice one fair play Scotty B
1: there is another football family dynasty
0: yeah, that was the other one that I was thinking of, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's just cowboys just, you know... They're old school. You don't need to recruit players, you just got to make them.
0: Righty, and then, uh, so on to the the kidded game of last weekend, which I was at, which was the Minotaurs and the Crusaders team. So two teams that have gotten an awful lot of love from the podcast, but they're also, you know, two teams that are doing a lot in this, uh, this off-season, so... Um, yeah a a strong win for the minotaurs where they got 30 they finished 34 8 to the crusaders so i got a few interviews post game which was great i love how engaged like the teams are with what we're doing now where players coaches whatever were coming up to me to get their interviews love that love that like guys if we're ever at any of your games come up give us the information that you want on this podcast because that's what it's there for it's there for them to to cover them the way that they want to be covered
1: so this was your first game doing the commentary for Kelly second game second game
0: yeah I actually didn't do the commentary I actually just watched this game took a few stats and uh, brought like my recording equipment to get a few interviews that I'll I'll kind of sub into this podcast here and there um, so on to stats. Well, I mean, first off, the scoreline was 34-8, finishing in favour of the Minotaurs. So uh, to tell the story of the game, uh, that doesn't really reflect the the football game that it was. So I want to give credit to the the Crusaders quarterback that started the game, which was Robert Brown. And uh, he was starting because, of course, they're the Crusaders starting QB, who's Jordan Farrell, who's also the, the QB with uh, Eden Eagles. Uh, he he was serving his half game suspension for the ejection that he got from sportsman conduct from the previous game against the Rhinos. So he was only available in the, in the second half. And so the Crusaders' offense didn't score in the first half, but that isn't even reflective of kind of the stuff that they did because there was one really nice pass from Robert to Tommy, of course, who's an absolute athlete, and he ran it from one side of the pitch all the way. Uh, to the goal line, it got called back on. I think it was like a block in the block in the back um, before the touchdown was scored. So, end up being I think it was like a fifty yard run instead of like the the sixty five yard run and touchdown that it that it was. Well, I mean it wasn't because there was a penalty and it was a fair fair penalty. It was the correct call.
1: Yeah, that's like, that's absolutely devastating. Like to get that far and for like what was most likely a needless push in the back here you get the ball into Tommy's hands And you don't need to do any blocking The man's going to get downfield He's going to get however many yards he wants to get on that play It's you just let him run And just don't give away a needless penalty
0: Yeah, and devastating for a new quarterback yeah. to have their first touchdown back because like that like quarterbacks you know they're sensitive characters you know they like to score their touchdowns they don't like to throw interceptions and it can really mess with their confidence and had that touchdown scored you know that might have given QB like Rob Brown like just just that little bit of extra confidence that he needed to kind of feel himself throughout that game
1: Speaking of quarterbacks and quarterback confidence so Jordan was playing or sitting out the first half of the game you know serving suspension As we all know, anyone who's seen him play, a very passionate and emotional player, uh, really sort of wears his heart on his sleeve in giving whatever he's got. Did Jordan come in in the second half and was was Robert Brown taken out?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was. So Robert Brown, in fairness, he'd done well. I think he'd over like uh, an over 95 yards passing on offense. So, I mean, not a bad uh, day for him for one half. You know, um, and a lot of that towards Tommy. Like, Tommy's just so, so reliable um, on the pitch. But, yeah, Jordan came in in the second half. And, you know, credit where credit is due. Like, Jordan really kind of commands that offense. You know, he really is that piece that... That brings it all together yeah you know and it it was nearly like watching a different player in this half he was very calm there really kind of in control of that offense um do you know the the only touchdown from them came from him we'll touch on that um in a little second and uh, the aerial attack seemed to kind of to kind of really come into play um once he stepped onto the pitch uh I think that. Johnny Kyo can, can explain what the Crusaders were doing uh, on the day better than I can, so I think now is as good a time as any to put in the, the interview that I had with him.
1: Here's Johnny!
0: So I've Johnny Keough and I've Luke Carey here from the Crusaders. So I think the the obvious question to ask about is the team from the first half into the second half. So the first half, the offence seemed to be a bit slow. And of course, you weren't starting with your uh, number one quarterback. And then coming into the second half, he had Jordan Farrell back there again. And the offence seemed to be a lot more explosive. Certainly the aerial attack was a lot more effective. And so what are your kind of reflections on that? What did you feel was needed? Other than Jordan coming in, what all else was adjusted at half-time?
2: It was just a mental thing, you know? Like, I think the lads were getting a bit hard on themselves and just needed to relax and play the football we can play. Like, fair play to Rob, because Rob stepped up to play QB did, yeah. in the absence of Jordan for the first half and he's never played a snap of QB in his life in you know, a live environment and I thought he'd done really well and hung in there and, and a tough, it's a tough team let's be honest
3: yeah it you is. Know? Yeah.
2: so he, he's stuck in there and the defense I thought played really well in the first half and made a couple of really good goal line stands two goal line stands in a row and just penalties killed us in the end but uh, I was proud of the way we played and the way we hung in there second half is a different story we said at the halftime break it wasn't about adjustments, it was just about playing our football. Yeah. And one play at a time, one drive at a time, and Jordan came out firing. And when he's good, he's good.
0: Yeah, he is. And he seemed to be really just in it today. Like and like that, that aerial attack started to come into it. Uh, it's interesting, even you mentioned the uh, defense, because I know that, let's say, the first quarter, the the D, the D line really was very strong. It was shutting down the run an awful lot. And I know that the, the Minotaurs really had to kind of think about what they were doing to. Uh, to change that and to kind of get their run game um, starting to go t- um, there, so I mean, a good, a very good uh, day for the the defensive line there as well. I mean, well, there
2: I, I played that, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to ask you then, um, what what is the plan going forward into your into your next game?
2: I think we need to just uh, keep doing more of what we're doing. Obviously we're playing with one hand, by are tied behind our back in the first half. Yeah. Um, obviously that won't be the case in the second game. So I think we just need to keep doing what we're doing, play Crusaders yeah. ball, there's no secret to it really. Yeah. You know, we played a lot of good plays in that, put Luco here, got his first TD.
0: Yeah, congrats, Luke, on, the, on the TD. Yeah.
2: <laughs> great TD, great play, great play design, I thought, by Jordan, and it was yeah. a great play.
0: It was, yeah. It was very smooth. It was a smooth series as well. So I mean, you were coming together. I mean, you're playing, you're playing uh, a team that is a division ahead of you, and you're still quite competitive in that division. I mean, like a. Uh, we we'll
2: same division now, aren't we? I think we'll be the same division now.
0: Oh, you will be the same yeah. division now, correct? So how are you feeling then, with that in mind? Uh, I know it's a bit soon to say, but going into 2022, when you can, you can put up the eight points. Let's say in that, in that second half. Of the well, world I, world
3: I, I'm team.
2: quite happy with the second half. And yeah. other than that, the score at the end, where we just wanted to play football, we, they, they were happy to kneel. Yeah. And we wanted to. We caught the timeout just because we wanted to have the goal line stand. That I got the score, but look, that's beside the point. But other than that, it was one score each. Yeah. In the second half, yeah, that was, well, that was the score. Team, you know, we, yeah. when we had both hands, not one hand tied behind our back, and we had the QB back in the game, different yeah. game. Yeah. Um. There's a lot to build on there. There's a lot to build on. I said to you back in the day that we we're an ambitious club. Yeah, We're the only club currently in the country, as far as I'm aware, playing senior kitted, youth kitted, flag... With two flag teams technically, flag te- teams, yeah. in a roundabout yeah. kind of way, with the Undery Eagles yeah, and the Crusaders, overlap, so we've yeah. got four. We're having a busy month,
3: yeah. You know, yeah.
2: <laughs> so there's some tired, tired boys, tired boys, but yeah. I'm very proud, very proud of the way we stepped up today yeah. against a good Mullingar team. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. No, it's loads to be proud of. So, uh, thank you very much for chatting to me today and all the rest. All the best for your next. Yeah, absolutely, day all day the best with the
2: podcast. Cheers. Cheers. I'm, Cheers. Wait, I'm oh. waiting for the next invite.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, we must get you on again. Got to cause some controversy. corners yeah. Some con- yeah there you go yeah, or, you there know, you go Joe's was controversy for the week i love it yeah, brilliant thank you so much
2: thanks very yes. much Cheers.
0: so yeah as johnny says like the crusaders are an ambitious club we see it with all the different things that they're doing and they're an interesting club because you know it's it's one of those where what they're doing today isn't even about what they're doing today what they're doing today is about what they're going to achieve tomorrow and they know that and they're focused and it's Quite a, quite a good organisation there um, you know
1: they really are they really are future proofing sort of themselves as a franchise whether it be what they're doing in the sort of senior kitted, what they're doing in the youth team which we'll go to later on in the show which seems to be very dominant yeah. and then also you know getting guys involved in the flag it's taking that that multifaceted approach to American football
0: absolutely and then that is you know the Crusaders also have some like family uh American football family in in their club so we all know Mark Carey from the Crusaders but also Luke Carey the younger brother of Mark Carey scored his first ever touchdown for the Crusaders their last um last Saturday Sunday not only that but he also scored the two point after so Rob do you remember the first touchdown that you ever scored
1: I I do like I it's still on my Instagram account. It's the uh, the one and only touchdown I've I've ever scored. To to be quite uh, to be quite honest.
0: And how did you feel after it?
1: Um, I was elated, absolutely elated with myself. Uh, anytime you manage to score a three yard rushing touchdown, it's it's a big <laughs> achievement. As as uh, my coach uh, Sherman Hall once said to me, he's like, Rob, all you got to do is fall forward, and you're gonna make three yards. And to be quite fair, that's more or less what I done. Got a great few blocks from my wide receivers, and I just trundled on into the end zone.
0: Yeah, well, that's it's like I think there's something real magic about the first
1: touchdown that you ever score for your club. You'll never forget your first. Like, in in all fairness, you You never forget your first.
0: So this is Luke after scoring his 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 first touchdown for the Crusaders. Right,
1: Luke, so you
0: scored your first touchdown for the Crusaders today, so uh, talk us through what the play was and, and how it felt doing that.
3: Uh, it felt great, firstly, and big shout out to Jordan, because Jordan
4: beforehand told me to just wheel left, and he spotted the gap, and it worked the charm. So it was great to obviously get out there and finally score for first touchdown, and especially this only second match, same for a lot lads. Like we have a lot of rookies coming through. So the fact we're getting opportunities like that making the most of them is great. Seaford team just gives us a lot to build on.
0: Yeah, and a good confidence. Do you feel like a different player now? from Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the board is
4: over now. I have the first one, so just on to building it's that and hopefully more.
0: Yeah, so, onwards and upwards.
4: Exactly, exactly.
0: Brilliant. Great, thank you so much. Thanks, Mel. Oh,
4: now, the one thing I am going to say
1: is I'm kind of disappointed in Luke. Why? That's not his first touchdown.
0: Uh, first touchdown in the kiddo, though. Touchdown's a touchdown. Touchdown's a touchdown, Touchdown's yeah. Maybe touchdown. maybe in the director of Flag's mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we all know where my head's at. You know, Great stuff, like excellent, like from knowing from Luke through the flag over the summer. Just great enthusiasm, great love for the sport. You know, he's got those family connections. Much love and much praise for his quarterback. I think they're even seeing Jordan in that second half. Like you said, he was very cool, calm, collective, composed. Uh, Quite the Just the personal growth From him yeah. was, was clear In that second half Of football After the The ejection From the, the previous game Long may it continue And long may Like you know The Crusaders Just keep on charging
0: Yeah absolutely Uh, Yeah he had a great game He was 110 yards um, total that one pass and touchdown a two-point pass to Luke as well uh, the other wide receiver that's really starting to present himself as an option is actually another family tie is Jordan's younger brother Kalen Farrell who's also been called up to the Wolfhounds um, so that will Flag team that'll that'll make you happy. <laughs> so that's a number eighty five uh, for the Crusaders, and he had something like fifty five yards for on I think three receptions. So not a bad day for him either.
1: Did the office would take that?
0: Yeah. So now I want to switch over to the the superstars of the game, who were the Minotaurs. And so to start with, quarterback Joe and he had over one hundred and eighty passing yards on the day. He'd won. Um, passing touchdown and he had one rushing touchdown as well a nice little qb sneak to start off the scoring on the game and then of course we it's really hard to talk about the minotaurs without discussing the the wide receiver course there jack lynch absolutely went off five catches 121 yards one touchdown on the day unbelievable stuff from jack the other wide receiver, of course, Sean Dalton um, and Alan Campbell, each of them getting about 50 yards on two and three receptions respectively. So
1: Yeah, like we've much love for that receiving core there in Mullingar. Uh, great stuff. Great, great to see the three of them out. Actually, what I was really impressed with was that Joe, you know, there is a lot of mouths to feed there in Mullingar, yeah. that he was getting the ball to each of those receivers. Yeah. They're all getting yards, like so... That's another good day. You know, everyone's going home happy. They
0: are. And like you said, like a lot of mouths to feed, but undoubtedly Jack is really the leader of of that wide receiver core. And I caught up with him after the game and uh, this is what he had to say about it. Lynch, thank you very much for chatting to me today. Um, you had a great game for the Minotaurs, finishing 34-8. So a great game for offense, uh, particularly yeah. as well. So just wanted to ask you about your reflections after the game. What are you feeling good about? What do you think you need to work on?
4: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for you know having me here. Now, um, look, it was a good game with the boys. Like the the boys are very, very competitive. Like I know it 34-8 might not seem that competitive, but they were they were there. They were about the whole game. Um, you yeah, had the one touchdown had a good couple of yards otherwise as well Um, I suppose we just need to keep working on the timing and stuff like coming out of the gate we were maybe a bit slow a bit sluggish getting everything together like defence played very very well from what I was seeing on the sidelines anyway Um, and yeah just offensively, just keep plugging away keep getting down to training and working on the timing especially you know all the routes and everything and yeah just like Joe, Joe showing some good ball out there today caught yeah. all the ones that came my way thank God anyway yeah. so don't worry there was only, only a bit given out to him today anyway yeah,
0: <laughs> just a small bit just yeah. a small bit yeah he's hard on himself now you know but that's kind of a it's kind of a, important for a QB I think to take that kind of extreme accountability
4: yeah and like Joe at the same time he's he's hard on me like if I run the wrong route or if I do something I shouldn't be doing he'd be on to me just as quickly as I'm on him so yeah it's good to have that relationship with your quarterback Like that you're you're able to give it and also take it that he knows where I'm coming from I'm not just going over there giving out for the sake giving out that I'm like we come off the pitch and we we sit down and have a have a chat about what we see on the pitch and yeah. how we can adjust and everything. And I think we I think we adjusted quite well there I think you today. Like as well.
0: yeah, and the chemistry then is really good between yourself and Joe, but also the the two other standout wide receivers on this team, um, which are Alan Campbell and, and Sean. Sean Dalton. Yeah, yeah, the
4: two so boys like fair play and like we were like every day of training like we getting down catching as many balls as we can before training after training. And, um, the two boys like they're, they're a credit like they've come in. Sean's only in. He played the year before COVID, and um, that was his rookie year. And he missed a bit of time as well with the shoulder because yeah. of that, like. Um, but then he's been down to every trend He can be like same for Alan. Alan's only come in this year. He plays the flag with minute. But like you can see, the two boys have a bit of chemistry. Yeah. But it's great to have the boys down because do you know if it was maybe you know if there was only one receiver on a team, defense can clue in. But Definitely. when you have when you have three lads who are going to catch ball and run for however many yards on a day, like it today was my so well. day. Thankfully to catch a, a few balls and did the yeah, boys a
0: nice touchdown. Yeah. Well, like, what were we saying? Was it 50, yard, <laughs> 50, fifty yards, sixty yards, seventy yards? Something like that. But yeah. like you
4: know, I got that today. It could just as easily have been Alan or Sean. The two yeah. boys had some huge catches there. Alan had a great one. The first half, yeah,
0: he um, did. Yeah, it Sean kind of opened it up then, yeah. It yeah. was the first big catch of the game, really. Wasn't yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. 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 Really,
4: really kind of stretched the defense out a small bit there. Yeah. And then Sean had a great one there in, in the fourth quarter. Just yeah. have to get him to keep the head up and, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, all, all the giving out we do, we do, but for luck, yeah, that's the way did. it goes. Pick like, each other up yeah, it, so no, it. we're, we're hiring each other, but we do pick each other up at the Brilliant. end of the day, so yeah, it works well. Look, can't complain. <laughs>
0: yeah, listen, thank you so much. Thanks for being you again soon. Yeah, no bother. Thanks for the what really kind of stood out on the day as well was running back Rafael Rafa Montero, who had a, like a, a lot on his shoulders on the day because there was two other running backs that had that were that couldn't play. I think one injured, one suspended, something like that. They weren't available on the day, so two of them. So he really kind of had to do a lot of that work himself, and he went off like the first few. Plays, like, kind of early in the first quarter. I have to give credit to the D-line. Kept him very quiet. But uh, by the end of the game, he had 110 rush yards. He had two touchdowns, two catches for 22 yards. So, I mean, like, absolutely fantastic uh, a day for him out there. And uh, so, of course, when when you have an offense that's, like, working well aerially and also working working well on the ground, then there has to be something good going on with the with the coaching and a uh, caught up with the offensive coordinator uh, Connor Brennan one of the things that I really like about uh, the way how Connor talks about what he's trying to do for his QB and for his team is like he's trying to bring it to a different level from what he experienced you know he wants to give them all the things that he didn't have when he was playing as a player and, and uh, he talks about some of that here Okay, Conor Brennan, uh, Offensive Coordinator of the Minotaurs, thank you so much for chatting with me today I wanted to chat to you, not actually about the wide receivers um, and QB Joe Kenahan, which we've uh, given enough love to, I see um, So I wanted to chat to you today about the run game, so you were under a little bit of pressure with uh, your two two running backs missing from the game mm. and uh, you were relying heavily then on Rafa to kind of get that job done um, I think at first it was looking a bit a bit sketchy, if you don't mind me saying kind of one one yard, two yards, stuff like that, um, tackles for losses and all the rest, and then it started to open up a lot more for him. Where he was very good at kind of attacking the, the outside and mm. especially going to that uh, far left corner, he scored two touchdowns down, down that side. So, I just wanted to ask you if that was something that you talked about, um, what your conversations at half time were, because it seemed to be after that that the run game kind of opened up a lot more for you. Yeah,
5: he. for sure. I'd like, I mean, Raf is just one of three backs that we have here. Of course, the other two couldn't play today, but they each bring something different. Um, but we knew we said it to Raf before the game that you are the only back here so you've got to well you've got to mind yourself first of all and then we have to perform so at the start we knew that the crusaders would probably want us to pass the ball because yeah. i know they like to pass the ball so you have to assume that their defense is very good at covering the pass so we kind of started out the game trying to run the ball but they actually did a very good job they were they took away the inside running game very well and then we went to go outside they had actually spread their linebackers wide they kind of played like i would call it like an inverted front and so that made it very, very difficult to run the ball at the start of the game. I just think as as we, the game wore on, our offense just kind of got smoother and smoother with it. Um, like Joe hadn't been training the last couple of weeks, so kind of, we weren't really in sync for the first quarter. But then once the first quarter was over, we kind of figured it out. We needed that quarter break just to kind of settle everyone down and, yeah, and you know, figure out what works best. And I know eventually as the game wore on, we came up with this idea that if, if they go wide, we go inside. And if yeah. they go inside, we go wide. And once we did that, um, we read that, we started to have much more success. So Rafa had a couple of touchdowns down here, uh, going left, or you know, kind of wide left as we call it. And um,
0: your fullback as well. Um, yeah, and Jay Bruton. Yeah. yeah, Jay Bruton
5: was Savage inside as well. Again, probably wouldn't have been the focal point of the running game from actually carrying the ball himself. He's more like what we use for to really open up the blocks and things like that. But. Uh, when we did pop, m- pop him in, I think he scored a, a touchdown himself and a two-pointer.
3: Well, yeah.
5: Right up the gut, we said it like he parted like the Red Sea because Rafa went one way, defense went that way, and Jay just went straight out the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think we have options. Like we have lots of weapons.
3: Like Note, we, we yeah. could have
5: done we could have effectively done anything. I mean, we had a great series down here where we threw a quick screen, then we threw uh, kind of a fake. We faked that yeah. to Jack. I think it was a caught. I believe and then I think we eventually scored in that drive by passing the ball and in some drives we would run the ball 90% of the time and score on the run so like it was quite well balanced balanced after the first quarter the first quarter was a little bit messy Um,
0: Then the other thing that I wanted to ask you about because something that I noticed that even you know for a friendly game and coming into the fourth quarter where you're you know you're leading by over 20 points nobody seemed to relax the intensity if anything seemed to get higher you know you start to worry about the clock you still wanted to continue scoring into that game and is that something that's in your culture just this hard work ethic
5: yeah well I I think we we need to score well we try and score in every drive obviously um (laughs) like there was even here in the last drive I think Rafa it seemed to me anyway that he just kind of went down to run the clock and I was like I said it to him after game I said take your score like yeah, you know absolutely. you know it's not yeah. the NFL we don't need to worry about something fancy happening here just, just score the ball whenever you can um i don't know i i think uh we have a mentality of wanting to be perfect knowing that that never happens that just means we're we're great
0: yeah. and i think
5: <laughs> at the start of the game we were we were average i would say we yeah. lost that so we kind of made a note in the second half that this we need to play this we need to play much, much better in the we'll second half um so we only had two quarters to do it We've yeah. been locked down for two years. Uh, we're still smarting over that, that final defeat. And we know that we can we can be the type of offense that can score forty points yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah. And we were looking at the scoreboard going it's only twenty at half time. Or whatever it was. And we we're like, no, we need to keep pushing on. Yeah. So I, I just keep telling us just we score. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like be smart at the same time. I know we probably pushed it a little bit there, we had a couple of turnovers. But
3: we'll keep it something. you know, and
5: I think our defence have to take a lot of credit as well because um, I suppose we were fearful of their passing game. Um, I, d- I know no, nobody's names, but... Uh, no, I was chatting
0: to um, to Paddy there uh, earlier, and, I mean, defence is brilliant, particularly the cornerbacks, number 21, oh, I think, is who yeah, we give... Uh, yeah,
5: 21 and 6, Peter Dempsey. Peter yeah. Dempsey, like, Jordan's been with us maybe a couple of years, but it kind of was broken up there with COVID, and he... By even back then, we were like, this guy could be special. Yeah. And then Peter, we found kind of in between the seasons in between the lockdowns yeah. and he stuck with us and that guy's yeah. just natural talent it I mean yeah. he followed I know Tommy anyway and he followed Tommy around the pitch a bit. so did Jordan yeah. and uh, I was chatting to Tommy after a game and, and he was like when I caught a ball I was tackled
0: yeah, which is rare. straight away you yeah, don't hear yeah, that too yeah. often no and um, even uh, there were some times he'd, he'd catch like a short screen or whatever and uh, he'd run all the way across the pitch which he's so comfortable doing because he just kind of mm. he's looking downfield the whole time he's doing yeah. it trying to find out what route he's going to take to the end zone essentially Like, and yeah. still he'd come over this side and the next mm. thing someone would be on top of him and yeah. it, just, was, it he v- just worked he really eventually well got well I
5: don't think he scored it was, he scored a two point I believe but their running back uh, scored a I think that was the touchdown yeah but other than that there was kind of I was pleasantly surprised, like how yeah. well we actually defended them,
0: yeah, um, really and we got turnovers,
5: interceptions. Dean yeah. Johnson got a great interception, nearly <laughs> ran it back, pushed out the three. <laughs> uh, like there was a lot of nearlies. Yeah. Um, so definitely for the next game against the Rhinos, we want to be way smoother out of the blocks.
3: Yeah.
5: Um. Because I think if we have a really poor first quarter like that, uh, I think you're being Rhinos, very
0: hard on yourselves about that first quarter. It was still a good. It was still yeah, a good. Yeah, but if you, you ask me the question
5: you know about the score and then that's that's why we're yeah, you know that's a, that's symptomatic of what we do like you know we, we try and be two plays ahead yeah. so I'm thinking of, of two plays ahead and we weren't getting the first one and that's and in the end we ended up being two plays behind we were like oh God, we should have called that and yeah. I certainly and I know Bill as well pride ourselves in being prepared yeah um so we use that now as ammo yeah. and we bring it to training now and said, lads, we weren't smooth.
3: That,
0: that thing, sorry to interrupt you, but that, that kind of approach of planning two games ahead, do you think that that is... Or two is, plays. Or two yeah. plays yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think that that is uh, like representative of how you were quarterback yourself and that's kind of how a quarterback would, would play things? Uh,
5: no, I think it's the exact opposite. Because yeah. <laughs> I think when I was playing quarterback, we certainly didn't have the same level of sophistication. Yeah. Playbook was very basic. And we just didn't have the number of coaches like we do now, the number of players, the substitutions. You know, I'd walk into a huddle and it'd be a lad who's never played on offense, just popped in because someone was injured or something. Yeah. So you can't think two players ahead, really. Yeah. You'd like to think so. I'd like to say, well, I'm going to run this way and then roll this way. But that very rarely ever happened. So when I stepped off the pitch and took Joe under my wing, I was like, Joe, I'm going to give you what I kind of wish I had. Yeah. which was. Someone to say, you run this, then you run this, and this will happen. Yeah. Like, that's the perfect example there is a quick screen. ran a quick screen to, I think, I think it was Jack or Alan, called, I don't know who it was. And boom, once we ran that, I said, Joe, you know, just run the next play we talked about. And he's like, "Yep, yeah, Grant. No play went into the huddle as such, bang, snap, ball, through a kind of a, a fade down here to Jack between the safety and the corner. I was like, next one, you know what the next one is.
0: Yeah so, so organized yeah everyone knows what their space yeah, is yeah exactly silence, so yeah, yeah and, and it, um, works well. it
5: works well it works certainly better than if you just play one play at a time uh, sometimes we say okay we're going to definitely do this next and i'm like okay but have an option if the first one doesn't work like so all well and good Run, the call on the screen for the second play of the three or whatever but if the first play is a 10 yard loss or you know or 10 yard gain do you change it then so the plays are kind of designed that they kind of flow off each other a little bit
3: yeah. and,
5: and again in the first quarter we couldn't get the flow going yeah. if we if we get our flow going we'll put up 20, 30, 40 points again yeah,
3: yeah, if we don't get our though. flow going
5: it'll take us a little bit longer to get into that and then teams can have a chance then you know um, but I think just for th- we have one more game I'd like to see us putting on another performance uh, kind of like the second half today and um, then hopefully that'll carry over into next year and I don't know what the league's gonna look like next year but certainly our, th- our sights are set as high as possible so yeah.
3: um,
5: that's where we want to be we don't want to be you know playing six nil games and stuff like that and you know we want to be you know
0: no, and I'm sure that won't happen it's looking like it's really coming together for you and uh, yeah. all the best then for your next game yeah. against the Rhinos and I'm sure it'll be it'll be great
5: for you so cheers thanks, cheers, for thanks so much for no,
0: pro- me. no problem Bye
1: yeah no like fantastic stuff from connor like what he's doing for the for the club for the organization for the league in general where he's came from his sort of whole story of of like his footballing career um it's it's a credit to him like as a sports person as an individual and also we've we've said before if you get a chance go and look at some of his photography on instagram it is in he he's just got an eye for, for capturing like the beauty of the natural environment here in Ireland.
0: Yeah, I feel like his two biggest pastimes, so let's say football and photography, like couldn't be like further apart. Like one is like super stressful and the other one just feels like so relaxing and chilled out. So I don't know, maybe that's what you have to do to compensate as a, an offensive coordinator, but he's very effective at both. Get you a man that can do both. But anyway I'm leaving the best to last because for me defense the Minotaur's defense had its day and um I want to give a shout out to some of the linebackers Sam Salmon who had three tackles one forced fumble huge shout out to Adam Corcoran four tackles one fumble recovery absolutely brilliant game from him and he coming back from some fairly severe knee injuries so brilliant stuff from him uh Play of the day for me was from Edge Dean Johnson, who had two QB hits, but one fantastic interception there at the line. Ran it back all the way to the three yard line and kind of got tackled, kind of face planted, like landed right on his stomach. But he was happy he did did his job. He was comparing himself to TJ Watt
1: there. Did he? Did he? Did he stretch? Did he reach? Did he try to reach?
0: I think he did his best. I think he, he was very, and... very tired by the time he got to that three-yard line.
1: Yeah, just making sure, making sure the Minotaurs reach for that end zone.
0: He said to himself, like, when he has the ball in his hand, he's like, something is wrong. Something doesn't feel right. Like, <laughs> but he did. He did well. He, I mean, he, he, he nearly got it. We thought we were going He was gonna score.
1: Just saw his name in lights and just forgot that there was uh, eleven men chasing him.
0: <laughs> exactly um but the and then also to give some love to a uh, DB Stephen Baker his first game five tackles one pass breakup one forced fumble so great stuff from from a rookie um but the absolute standout players of the game were the cornerbacks from the Minotaurs so I mean typically a team that isn't known for its quarterbacks like they Shun out there so we had like CB Jordan Lacey four pass breakups one fumble recovery CB Peter Dempsey his second game five tackles four pass breakups and one interception so absolutely brilliant day um, for the two of them and definitely the the standout players uh, I caught up with uh, Paddy Lally who has expressed how happy he is to finally have quarterbacks in the Minotaurs Paddy Lally here, uh, defensive coordinator of the Minotaurs. Paddy, uh, great game there. Defence really had its day, only giving up eight points uh, in total there over the game. And um, so I wanted to chat to you about what you're doing on defence. Your cornerbacks looked quite quite good, particularly number six and number 21, who I believe are uh, new to the sport. And then 21 as well, also keeping Tommy from the Crusaders quiet all day. So um, what are you doing to train up your, your cornerbacks here in, uh, in the Minotaurs? <laughs>
3: I suppose we're uh, we're kind of lucky in that they're two natural athletes who've come along I mean Jordan number 21 there joined us last year uh, had an interception in his very first game and he's just been a standout player for us to be honest with you we've been a team that's never really had decent cornerbacks it's always kind of been the weakness of the team so to have these two guys in to be able to coach them up we're we're just kind of lucky to have them and to be honest with you they're still developing they're just making some great plays out there and learning the game kind of as they go but certainly Jordan huge day today covering Tommy you know keeping him fairly quiet Uh, we kept everything in front of us we were fairly quick to tackle on the short passes and uh, young Peter there number 6 like Peter has come along this year completely new to the sport uh, hadn't really seen it before and has just taken to the game very well. Now we're coaching and we're getting involved in, in the system, and it's very much a developing system now before next year. So to get a result like that today, we're absolutely delighted. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, and deservedly so. And then the D line as well also had a, a fantastic game. A good few sacks, tackling for losses, and then we nearly had a, a defensive touchdown at, at yeah. one point. <laughs> With who was that player? Dean
3: Johnson. Dean, yeah, Johnson, Dean yeah. Johnson. on the edge there, uh, playing defensive end for us. Really, he's a linebacker, but we had a lot of guys actually dropping out injuries in the last week since training um, and Dean was an experienced defensive end player uh, probably our best guy for getting sacks on the team there beside Ross McAdden so Dean yeah, Dean made a huge play on that, we actually told him to line up a bit wider because he wasn't able to set the edge before that uh, with the tight end chipping off so he was just in a great position but certainly the de- defensive line I mean again a couple of new guys in there their first game, second game getting good reps in there, getting good pressure I mean it's not all together there yet yet completely um, but certainly we were able to get pressure in stints and their you can see their development which is nice to see from a coaching standpoint, you know. Yeah. I mean we really struggled with the pod system to be honest. We were we were hurting. It was very hard coaching guys up. We needed a certain group of players and we'd a mix of corners and defensive linemen. But um, how are you? But we um, we've certainly started to make use of them and we've started to really come together now with these games and we needed them badly so it's great to get them look great to get a win but either way it's just great to get these guys reps and get them embedded in the system
0: yeah absolutely absolutely it's really paying off and then uh, Paddy I'm going to put you under pressure now and if you had to pick a defensive man of the match uh, who who are you going with today?
3: Um, It'd be hard honestly because there were so many key players that I don't think I don't think other guys would have been able to be as successful without them. I mean, Adam Corklin coming back off an ACL was huge day. And Stephen Alley, defensive captain, was huge in, in calling the plays, getting the guys organised out there and stuff. But it'd be hard to take it away from either Jordan or Peter, either the yeah. cornerbacks. I mean, Jordan did a great job in Tommy, and Tommy's a freak athlete. Yeah, I mean, he played at, every rep today. He's an animal. Yeah. So i I possibly, possibly edge Jordan, but I mean, if Peter, if I was to give it to Peter, I'd be a happy man and I'd go to bed happy night. I'm just happy to have two cornerbacks after yeah. having <laughs> none for so many years. So to be honest with you, yeah. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Great great game for the Minotaurs, Great game for the cornerbacks. Thank you very much, yeah,
3: Eddie. We'll Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Good talking to you. you.
1: Great. To talk you. Bye. Great, no, great, great to hear there from Potty. You know, as we can see, the... Minotaurs are sort of turned into an all round complete kind of team. We're looking forward to seeing them throughout the uh, the actual league campaign next year. And something I like staying with the Minotaurs, someone who is a Minotaur through and through, Bill. Bill Howe, he not just is the O line coach for the Minotaurs, but youth football, and youth football was also back this weekend.
0: Yeah, Bill is such an interesting character because, I mean, he has a military background. So he has, I mean, strategic planning, organization, any of the presentations that he gives us on the youth and the progress of the youth, you can see exactly what's happening from the presentation that he gives. You just have to see one slide, no introduction, you understand, like he is so precise and so well-drilled in the things that he does. And I think that really came across on the day for the youth blitz it was just quite well organized ran very smoothly it's a credit to bill and the work that he's doing
1: yeah like if we're looking at like the the teams involved with the uh, with the youth blitz you know we've got the uh, the likes of the the panthers we've got the belfast knights the Donegal Derry vipers and uh trojans crusaders admirals like there's six teams in this year's youth league brilliant to see such a development for youth football here in the country that we have six teams going hard at it like I was looking at some of those young guys in in their team photos I would be checking for birth certificates because there is no way some of those guys (laughs) look look under 18 fully grown man children absolutely absolutely if it wasn't for the 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 moustaches not fully filling in
0: (laughs) and that their voices are like slightly more high-pitched
1: you know like that'll all go away with time
0: yeah just a few hits and knock it out of them but yeah Cork Admirals like coming away with two wins Cork Admirals have just been so strong with their youth for a few years now and they've seen to retain that um year year on year and coming into this kind of restart um year which is I mean it's credit because a lot of those a lot of those players that would have been there in 2019 let's say um
1: Would be overage at this stage
0: exactly yeah so they're doing something something in the water in cork it's It's
1: that quarterback factory
0: yes it is yeah yeah yeah.
1: like if we look at it like there is many many pharmaceutical plant down there based in cork (laughs) (sighs) i ain't you know sort of putting out any conspiracy theories right now but i'd like to know what is actually going into the water down there
0: you're just saying you're not ruling anything out no you know the other team then coming on top with two wins are the Kildare Crusaders so you know again like as Johnny said like they are one of one of the few teams that has a Senior Kidditch has a youth team, essentially two flag teams, you know, um, heavily associated with the club anyway, so they are, and winning, do you know, the Crusaders are, are winning um, youth teams, so they're an ambitious club, they're building for the future, and I mean, these are the guys that are going to bring the club to glory someday, I have no doubt.
1: Yeah, like, long may it, long may it continue and just keep keep going. Like, possibly a big shock would be the the two Belfast teams going down. You know, the against, so the Knights going down against the Panthers, Trojans to the Crusaders, and then I suppose the the Trojans did get that win against the the Vipers, but yeah, that's only one win going back to Belfast there, there that weekend. Yeah.
0: Well, if the youth team are anything like their senior kidded namesake, then they will be taking that loss personally and they will be raring to go for their next day.
1: Yeah, those kids are going to be doing okies all week with, <laughs> the, with that senior O line.
0: Yeah, 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 all day long.
1: It's like they they will definitely be wanting wanting blood the next day that they're out there. Panthers Academy. So as we we've ma- managed to allude to many times before, just sort of the air around the the word academy and sort of the prestige that that sort of one word manages to like garner around around the organization. Different clubs looking at it. Panthers. You know, one and one after game week one, uh going down sort of by a single score to the to the Crusaders, but getting that much needed win against the Belfast Belfast Knights, putting up thirty points on them. Looking looking actually looking at the scores across the weekend, there was a lot more uh, a lot more scoring than we were sort of used to from youth. I'd love to actually get down to a few of the youth games to see if the ball has been aired out more uh from, from previous years, very run heavy, putting the ball in hands and just, you know, pounding that rock. Whereas with the way the league is going, like these kids, these kids haven't grown up watching run heavy football on TV. They are more inclined to sort of see see the passing game that we're used to where quarterbacks are throwing that ball out, air raid offences you know, players going on those deep routes, you know, hitting your Tyreek Hills in the end zone, you know, Patrick Mahomes on his mad, mad dash plays. So that's the kind of football that they're used to seeing. I'm wondering, is that what they're seeing now, what they're actually being taught? And if so, it's going to sort of make this game very interesting in a few years and how American football, Ireland, is actually going to develop towards sort of what we actually get to see on the TV with with highlights of quality catches still with a bit of run into it but a lot more for for the highlight reels
0: it's an exciting time to be alive
1: it really is kelly it really is I think really that's like bringing everything to a natural foregone conclusion it is now 1am i think it's a uh, time to wrap it wrap it up here and uh, head on our way
0: yeah i think so so uh
1: from all here at The Domestic Game, the podcast that's still going,
0: <laughs> we'll work on the dispute resolution over the next week, and uh, we'll see how, how the pay, the pay, dis, how the pay, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: How the pay dispute goes.
0: Pay, pay resolution, go. let's be positive, how the pay resolution goes.
1: Don't forget, join a union. <laughs> so here, like I said, from everyone here at The Domestic Game, we're your hosts. Kenny DeWare. I'm Robbie Caldwell
0: assim,